0: Should you travel nurse before you start CRNA school? This is a loaded topic. Hot topic, spicy topic. It is more nuanced. There's not a one cookie cutter answer. It's really going to depend on a lot of different factors. And we want for you to be the most informed to make the best decision possible. So we're going to talk about some of the pros and cons and how to approach this if you're going to do it. And we're going to really dive into it a little bit. But absolutely. First, my name is Anna. I am a first-year student registered nurse and anesthetist. I was a CDC nurse, had my staff job, and then I started traveling during the great 2020 travel nursing wave. I was travel nursing during COVID. So I did COVID, MICU, SICU, Neuro-ICU, and then I ended my travel nursing with some PACU as I was starting grad school. And I'm now a full-time graduate student. We love that for her. My name's Chrissy. I'm a nurse anesthetist. I've
1: been a CRNA for more than five and a half years now. My first staff job was also a CVICU nurse. I never travel nurse, but I do work really closely with some different nurse anesthesia program directors. I also was the clinical coordinator at my hospital. I've precepted students almost my entire CRNA career, and I've seen students from lots of different programs with lots of different nursing experience backgrounds. So I think I have a pretty good finger on the pulse of what The pros and cons are of people who travel and the different experiences that they may or may not have, as well as what program directors do and do not want to see. So we'll dive into all of those little nuances and details today.
0: And I think, again, your experience as not only a preceptor to sRNAs, but also like clinical site coordinator in addition to cardiac anesthesia, like your background is really, really great for knowing, you know, how prepared students are when they're coming into clinical and seeing kind of our strengths and weaknesses as we're like coming into the OR as students and how our different clinical backgrounds like kind of prepared us to get to that moment. So I think the first thing when we're talking about considering whether or not you should travel nurse before CRNA school is that it really just boils down to acuity. Acuity. That's yeah. it. That's the number one thing. And we have this video here talking about picking a high acuity ICU. And if we've talked agnosium about <laughs> the myth of the level one trauma in relation to getting into CRNA school, that's like a whole separate topic. But I think it means acuity not only in relation to which travel nursing assignments you're picking, but also the acuity of your foundation, where you're coming from, what was your training like at your staff job, because that's very different. And I think people sometimes have their identity in a way tied to their first staff nursing job, which is not reflective of you as a clinician whatsoever. Like you can start anywhere in nursing and be helping your community and learning things along the way. However, some ICU trainings are more in-depth than others, and some you're going to see higher acuity patients in other populations. Right. So like, what was your baseline as a staff nurse and how did that prepare you maybe to apply to CRNA school, but also how did that inform your practice before you start travel nursing as well? Absolutely. And like, why does acuity even matter? I've actually
1: had someone ask about that recently. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What, do you, what do you mean? Why does it matter? Do you mean? But no, it's actually a question because if you haven't worked yet, you're kind of like, well, like, how does this matter? It's all in ICU. Like, well, it's all in ICU, right? Okay. But, but when you're managing patients with hemodynamic instability, meaning swings and blood pressure and heart rate, and you're managing different vasoactive infusions and you have all this invasive monitoring and then you're titrating sedation and you're learning ventilators and multiple kinds of disease processes instead of just one you are pushed to learn a lot more and ask a lot of in-depth questions and really understand what's going on with the cause and effect of medications and drugs And what's happening in the body on a very like niche down level when you are not pushed to think that way and your brain hasn't practiced thinking that way it's not really great preparation for anesthesia school right like that's everything we do in the OR is managing like hemodynamics managing the ventilator, managing like what's going on in the surgery with the patient's own comorbidities, with like your anesthetic and how all of those things intersect. So your foundation as an ICU nurse is really there to prepare you for it. So not only for your own learning do you need to have those experiences, but you also need to have it just to even get into school in the first place. Program directors are going to really sniff this out in your interview. So you're not going to get in if you don't have a good foundation.
0: Your first staff nursing job, if you aren't able to get into the University of Penn HEICU as a new grad, that's okay. You can work somewhere and then transfer desert, to nursing home. I don't yeah, care. and you can work anywhere, but if you're on the CRNA track, it really is in your best interest to seek out a super high acuity unit and where you're going to be exposed to high volumes. So this is a lot. This is a lot of patients coming through who are very critically ill. Not all ICUs take the same acuity of patients. Some ICUs, you pack them up, and then you ship them out once they're stabilized to the higher acuity hospital that's going to manage that patient's care. Right. You want to be at the place that they are shipping patients to.
1: Right. The oh. tertiary care centers, the yeah. academic medical centers. Yes, the level one trauma, but does it have
0: to be level one trauma? Right. And then, of course, then again, there's the nuance that there are current CRNAs who have nurse experience at every hospital, and it's about what you make out of it. But if you are giving advice to somebody who is starting... You want them to get the best education possible and need to see the sickest patient populations where they're going to have a longer orientation. Where there is support for new grads and they have a strong culture of education. You really just want to be working somewhere that's going to challenge you and you're going to see critical patients and you're going to have a really good structural support, but also a foundation for your nursing career. Absolutely. And that's what you need to start with as a new grad. So then the thing is about acute order, at least get that eventually before
1: you start traveling, right? Like that doesn't have to be your first job, but you should get a good ICU foundation.
0: Again, doesn't have to be a level one trauma center, but before you travel, no matter what, if you're applying to CRNA school, you need high acuity at some point, which we'll talk about acuity with travel assignments in a minute, but really your staff nursing acuity is the basis for your career. So that's what we talked about that first. The second thing we're going to talk about are some of the cons of travel nursing, right? Mm And so travel nursing, to apply to CRNA school, you need to be a full-time nurse. You need to be working full-time. Some people take really long chunks of time off as travel nursing, which is great because one of the perks of travel nursing is the freedom that you can have. You need to be working full-time at the time of application and at the time of interview, at the very minimum. You need to be continuing to work full-time in the critical care world. But then the biggest con of travel nursing is that you can't always guarantee how sick the patient assignments that you're going to be taking are. Right. So this is like something that is going to just really boggle the
1: minds of like current travel nurses or people who like have graduated in the last few years. But the old advice pre-pandemic was to not travel before CRNA school period or if you've been traveling for a while go back to a staff job and why did we say that it's because historically travel nurses are either getting the chronic patients that are stable which makes sense right like they don't know you they don't know your skill set and like most ICU nurses could take care of like kind of any chronic patient. Like it wouldn't make sense to pair you with the one-to-one most critical ECMO patient. You're not familiar with the unit and, your, and those resources, like, but it's not the most appropriate patient for you. Or they also are the first person to get pulled and floated to step downs or med surge. So you might take a travel ICU contract and then barely even
0: be in the ICU. And that's how it always was historically pre-COVID-19 pandemic. And of course there will be current CRNAs and SRNAs who were saying I was the exception to that rule I had right that was the rule of thumb and that was what people that was the broadly accepted advice that you give to people right there will be exceptions to every rule but broadly speaking travel nurses were not always guaranteed high acuity assignments and they often had less acute patient assignments which made them less prepared to go in to apply to CRNA school
1: And again, that would have to do with the proportion of travel to staff. So let's say you were a staff nurse for five years and you travel nurse for one year, like that was very different than someone who was staff nurse for one to two years and then traveled for five and went back to school, right? Like right. that's when program directors would raise an eyebrow and say, like, have you had a deterioration in your skill set? Have you been actually critically thinking or have you just been doing turn water feed? Like, that is when like those kinds of like nuances come in here. Of course, there are always travel assignments where you do get really good acuity. Like, if you travel to a Hopkins, if you travel to a UCSF. That could alternatively be a really good opportunity to actually get some really great learning and education, exposure to more patient populations, more diversity of experience, and really actually pad your resume and set yourself apart. But you have to be really choosy in the assignments you take. If yeah. you have a really good one, consider extending, build a really good relationship with people on that unit. Remember, we did that little mini course on getting to Saturday school. so, We had someone there who was a travel nurse and who had done a really good job of getting involved in the unit he was on and started like a whole like stroke protocol. And like, and he was like on the rapid response team. So like he was a travel nurse. But he was like precepting writing protocols, and like getting involved in all this really cool stuff. So like, again, this is just broadly speaking, this is why travel nursing was taboo in the past. More often than not, it meant lower acuity experience and you didn't want that to be the majority of your experience or the most recent
0: experience when applying to CRNA. So the other con, before we talk about like, if you're gonna do this, how to do it strategically, because I think that's almost the last point. But if you are a travel nurse, and you are working in lots of different units, you also lose out on leadership opportunities. You're not charge nursing. If you're in a place that's even remotely safe, you should never be yeah, tr- a a You're not a preceptor. You're not on these committees. So you're not really in this place where they're going to ask you in ZRA school interviews, like, what's your leadership experience? And how are you invested in your unit? If you're a travel nurse, A lot of times you don't have an answer for that because you're clock in clock out you go home which can be awesome like the freedom of being a traveler is great but you're not really growing in leadership in that way and they are going to ask you about leadership experience so the two main cons of travel nursing are that you can get stuck with low acuity assignments that are not going to prepare you for crna school and admissions directors are going to know that based off looking at your resume depending on how long you've been a traveler versus staff and then the other con is that you're not really getting leadership experience to prepare you to go into it yeah and then I think we also need to talk about 2020 and how that changed. Yeah. In higher so, perspective.
1: That, yeah, that's right. that's so funny, right? So we're talking about like pre-2020. And then 2020 hits and everything flips on its head in the travel world. Yeah. And then in a little bit after we talk about 2020, you know, we'll talk about how things are kind of going back to the way they were again. So a lot of people who are in serenade school now who might be listening to this video are probably thinking, like, that's not true. That's all by me. That's the point of me. Like, okay, like from 2020 to 2022, everything was different. All right. Like, I'm not talking about you. Uh, okay. Before you've put down that sassy comment, take a deep breath. Right. Or you can actually, it'll be. Actually, yeah. yeah. Write the sassy comment and then write parentheses. You're right. It was in
0: 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so, so things really changed. I just love tasting jazz. Because during 2020, tropical nurses were the ones who worked the first wave of the pandemic in New York City. Patients were so sick. There were no resources. Everyone was dying. You you is insane. And also all of us should get free therapy from the government. I don't know why they haven't rolled that. Out. I I still want my student loans paid off for that. Like, I also want my student loans paid off. That was insane. That was some mess so, up. I wasn't even in New York City. I was in Philly. It was awful. If you were traveling from 2020 to 2022 and you're an IC units the odds are, are that you were precepting other people. You were being paired with the device assignments. And you might have been charged. You might have been, been charged. You're probably, you're probably running like a unit. You probably had like three dying patients at once. You were working in a surge unit and we were double, triple bunking. I was triple bunking adult patients in neonatal icus that's like wild yeah it was insane you're so probably taking devices you wouldn't normally get as a traveler I, it's it like, was great excuse I a guess. traveler i was At taking point. like i what i did like nine assignments three out of the nine assignments i took devices which is abnormal for a traveler they don't typically give travelers CDVH or blue pups or ecmo and which this is then going to get into like if you're going to do it how are you going to do it like well so that you're like strategically for getting into senior school purposes if you were travel nursing 2020 to 2022 all hands on deck this doesn't really apply to you you displayed leadership you took high acuity patients you really honestly like not to get sappy but like you served your country in a time of like disaster and I'll see you at AANA and a conferences because I'll see you there. Like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> the acuity, you accepted yeah, sure. the acuity was wild and the resourcefulness that you had to have was also wild. And honestly, I think people should have been paid more, to be honest with you. That was oh, a lot of self-teaching, oh. on-alerting on the
1: fly, no resources. Doctors <sighs> spread something, you're making decisions yourself. Like, again, back to that same first point, it's all about acuity, right? So you guys definitely had that. And again, Acuity like- Acuity was there. And also- And program directors know that. And they are looking at nurses who traveled during that time period differently and opening up their minds to travel nurses in a way that they did not before.
0: Also, because the working conditions for everyone during 2020 were so bad, most of the people who were applying to CRNA school were travel nurses. Yeah, time. they were traveling
1: anyway because <laughs> the money was so good. Almost every nurse left to travel. So people who are getting into CRNA school now or who are current CRNA students now, Almost all of them have traveled at some point, which is completely different than how it used to be again. Because right. everybody loves to travel. <laughs> right. No nurses
0: in the US who have not traveled at this point. So again, I think we just really need to kinda of blanket statement that twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two was a different time frame. And then you really need to ask yourself, honestly, do I have the high acuity experience that is gonna help set me up to get into any CRNA school that I apply to? And also prepare me to really care for these patients because it's, it's tra- about the person on the table, at it's the about the, the patient. And also will travel nursing help or hurt me? And will it help or hurt my application profile? And then that gets into, I know we still have COVID happening, we still have tons of cases, but in the post COVID surge era, because we still have COVID in yeah. 2023, post COVID surge area, Let's say you became a nurse in 2022 or 2021. Will Travel Nursing help for your application package? How are you going to do this strategically now in today's world, this is what Absolutely. I would this is what I would say. Okay, so it's always difficult to give advice to do something different from what I did, but hear me out, you can take my advice or you can leave it, but I think you need to prepare yourself if you're really trying to go to CRNA school, you need to ask yourself two questions honestly. Am I trying to get as high acuity ICU experience as possible and then go immediately to CRNA school or am I realistically okay with delaying that timeline so that I can experience travel nursing? I think that's really what it comes
1: down to. Like travel nursing, if that's something you wanna do, do it do it and do it early in your career and enjoy it and use that time and money to save up to have a nice financial buffer during crna school but keep in mind that you might have to go back to your staff nursing job for a year or a different staff nursing job for a year while you're applying to CRNA school. And that's totally okay. Just keep it in mind that that might need to be part of your strategic plan. Yeah. Alternatively, something that I didn't really ever think about until we filmed our last video. I think one of the huge perks of travel nursing is like, oh, you can take these great California contracts where it's like a good job and the West Coast is beautiful and you can explore new cities. Like what if instead of travel nursing and risking lower acuity assignments, what if you just moved to California and took a staff nurse job there? Mm. You can get paid a ton of money you can have great benefits you can have paid time off you can like get, take your education money you can travel with all the vacation time that you're actually allowed to take you know and like you can experience kind of the best of both worlds like good working conditions good money while also you know making your application package as optimized as it could be
0: so check out this video this is the video travel nursing compensation versus crna compensation and in that video we talk about the South South orders. Orders. The California nursing, how great it is because their unions are amazing. That's why it's so good there. So if you start off as a staff nurse in California with over a year of experience in 2022, and it's 2023 now you would make at least $74 an hour base, which is like that's very great. comfortable. That's great money. And then you can be staff, you can be taking out leadership roles, you can be not working 60 hours, device training, and then you can be like getting ready to apply to CRNA school. And you could like learn to surf or something. Yeah. Or like hike. You can go to, I, don't know, you that's can great. Go, oh, I love Californians. <laughs> if you are going to travel nurse, how are you going to do get it good. strategically? So I think this is the advice that I would give. And of course there are going to be exceptions to every rule. I think if you can take a really High acuity staff nursing job, and that's your baseline. You get two to three years of experience there, and the thing is, is if you get high acuity ICU experience for two years, you should you, gonna, you can apply to CRNA school. Start CRNA school by year three. The thing is, is you're gonna be giving up opportunity cost. So if you are choosing to travel nurse for two years in addition to your two year- years of staff nursing, those are two years that you're not a CRNA on the other end of it. Right. So you have to be okay with that like time kind of sacrifice. So here's what I'm saying. You can do your two years of high acuity staff nursing, and then you can go ahead, look at travel nursing, and then you can start to explore what. I did, which is not going to be the same because we're not in a 2020 era anymore. While I was applying to CRNA schools, I strategically chose high acuity ICU assignments where I knew I would get devices and I knew I'd be in a cardiac ICU. Like travel assignments. So she would travel to CVICUs. ICUs. Yeah. And then she would confirm with them that they'll let her do devices before she would accept the assignment. I was in a really unique position because at the University of Maryland in the cardiac surgery ICU there, I was working three days a week in the cardiac surgery ICU and I was working one day a week in their lung resuscitation unit. That's really cool. Only ECMO. As a traveler taking ecmo
1: yeah which was so like there's ways very- to do this there's definitely ways
0: to get really good acuity as a traveler again strategy so then the other piece of that strategy was i knew that i was applying to crna school in 2021 and so i worked in the CSICU at the university of maryland for nine months i worked there january through september and my contract ended in april I had a conversation with the manager about how i wanted to precept and take on more leadership and i'm applying to crna school will you write the letter of recommendation for me so then i slid that in there so that at the time of interview in october of 2021 i had my year of staff nursing I had six months of insane COVID contracts, and then I had nine months of high acuity CVIC at the University of Maryland with some device experience at the time that I was applying. So that looks great, right? That's like all high acuity from start to finish, and now that's over two years of that. It's over two years at the time of application, and then if you are going to travel nurse and then apply to CRNA school as a traveler, I think it should be an embellishment to your staff experience. So. This is where you need to have your two years of high QED staff experience. And then if you are applying as a traveler, and I worked at UCSF and, and you diversify your experience.
1: And right. I diversified my experience by working on their MICU. right, And I worked at New York Presbyterian and worked in their burn unit. Like, and exactly. I, like you, you get all these different experiences to supplement with big names big acuity to show that you're continuing your learning and continuing
0: to push yourself because there are perks of travel nursing i became a much stronger communicator i became very sure of my assessment and i knew how to work with new teams and in stressful environments without having context of a situation and that was huge because i'm going to travel as an srna in different clinical rotations and i know that whatever situation i get put in i'm going to be able to communicate with my team and use my resources and ask for help. So here's the pro of nursing, right? We talked
1: about like the cons and the eyes of the program director of the risk of low acuity and getting pulled to Medsurf. But a huge pro is that travelers just have seen a huge variety of experience. They're flexible, they're teachable, they're moldable, which is so important when you get to CRNA school. There's not one way of doing things. There's more no than three vasopressors out there. There's like, you no know, places run things way based or non way based It's important that you've learned more than one disease process, right? Like a lot of times if we come from big specialized units in academic medical centers, especially, you know everything there is to know about cardiovascular surgery, but you don't understand ARDS or liver failure. And no one is gonna come into CRNA school you <laughs> being an expert in everything. The biggest key factor is a thirst for knowledge and the fact that you're able to self-study, self-teach and dig deeper. However, it is helpful to have experience seeing more and being flexible, being willing to get outside of your comfort zone. You're going to go to different clinical sites that have different ways of doing things. You're going to have different preceptors that push you to have different ways of doing different things. And if you're a student and you're rigid and you're inflexible and you're difficult to work with, that makes it really hard to precept you, especially in anesthesia, like whoo. So travel nurses have that really huge strength that program directors do like to see. What happens when your application comes across their desk as a traveler, they're going to see current travel nurse. And they're going to go, Ooh. they're going to take a deep breath and they're going to raise an eyebrow. And they're going to be like, okay, was it actually high acuity? How long did they do it? And what was their foundation like before they went? Right. They're going to see, oh, wow, you had two years of a MICU at a tertiary care center. Okay. And then you traveled for the last year. Huh. okay did you keep your skills up oh yeah you've been to other big tertiary care centers and you actually took some devices and you learned some neuro along the way and you also went to a sick okay that's pretty great this person's going to be flexible they're motivated they're teachable and then they're going to see the other things in your application package like oh my god and they went to a conference and like what they got some research that? right that's a really different type of application package than you know traveler b who comes in is a it's like okay you were a staff nurse for a year at a hospital i never heard of which again is not a bad thing but like when they're looking at it in this thing they're like okay like like i'm not sure about the level of acuity at this hospital like we'll have to dig into that more okay it was only for a year and then they went to travel they took like a couple different contracts and like some like mixed med surge like make you sick use which Usually with their mix, it means the acuity is probably lower. Usually, yeah. So it's like, okay. And then they weren't that experience. And like, I don't really see any devices listed on here. Like, okay. So like, I don't know what their baseline foundation was like. And it looks like they probably weren't keeping up
0: like any new skills or like anything that much more challenging. And alternatively, the traveler who had like maybe three years of high acuity experience at tertiary care center. And then like six years of travel nursing where they had questionable experience. Yeah. Question mark, did
1: your skills erode or did they grow? Right. So again, it's like looking at it through the eyes of a program director and making sure that you can prove in an interview that you have been taking on high acuity assignments and seeking
0: out unique opportunities. That's like the number one thing. And they're gonna drill you about your travel experience specifically. They'll be like, describe your average patient now. like not at your staff job, what's the average type of patient that you're taking now? Then they want to know that you're taking high acuity patients and that you're titrating vasopressors and you're monitoring invasive monitoring. As a preceptor, I will say
1: this. I've worked with nurses with all types of experience. (laughs) I've worked (laughs) with nurses who come in and they've had three years of experience at a top hospital on a highly specialized unit and they were extremely difficult to precept in the OR because they literally only knew one patient population and they were so obsessed with like like memorizing textbook answers that they like could not zoom out and see the big picture and apply it to clinical application and it was like really hard to push to get them there like we had to work really hard at that together. I've precepted students who have been Travelers had they had minimal staff experience and then they traveled for two years. And their travel experience, I think they must have embellished in the interview because they knew nothing about critically ill patients. They were really scary. We had to work really hard to precept them to catch them up because they were like wildly underprepared. Like, what was this travel experience that they had? Like, what was that? And then I had students who are like the complete opposite. They had like two or three years of like you know whatever job and then like two three years of travel and they were all amazing like they literally like they know everything they see everything like everything clicks for them they're so flexible they're so easy to work with they come in prepared like they kind of have an idea of like they know where their knowledge gaps are they know where their blind spots are and they're proactive in like seeking out how to correct that that's like the ideal traveler like that is who we all dream about pre-something <laughs> every day and they're going to be an amazing serenade now the other two ends of the spectrum like the staff, like, you know, name brand person, and then the person who's like, kind of had like sloppy travel, like those two people, like we still were able to get them
0: there, but with like a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and pain. Like it wasn't easy for the student or for us. And at the end of the day, what it circles back to is it's really hard when you're working towards anesthesia before like over six, seven years, because like many of us know that we want to be a CRNA from the time we start nursing school. So that's four years in nursing school, at least two years of ICU experience before you even apply. And then the application cycle is a year. So it's like maybe for me, it was like seven years in the making of like, I want to do this. It's really hard sometimes to separate your like identity from your job or your application package. But at the end of the day, it's about the patience. So like you want to make sure that you are being honest with yourself about your training and how high acuity your experience was. And then make the best decision to prepare yourself as best you can. It's not a failure if you didn't start off at the Mayo Clinic as a new grad, but be honest with yourself that your acuity from your experience at a small community hospital plus two years of low acuity travel, is it maybe the best foundation to apply to CRNA school? And
1: maybe that's time to go back to a, you know, ICU job, somewhere with your staff, that you're going to get a little bit more experience, a little bit more train up, be pushed a little harder. And then once you get into school, you might be able to start traveling again. Now, I give that advice with a grain of salt. Anne and I were talking about this before yeah, this video. So the traditional advice that we used to always give people, again, pre-COVID era is like, get your staffing experience in and then once you're admitted into serenity school, travel for that year while you're waiting and save up money, experience new things, see the country, have that flexibility. like just learn new things, et cetera, et cetera. There are program directors who do not want you to do that. And usually they're pretty clear about it, if that's the case. And the reason is sometimes the program directors are letting you in. Like, let's say you're a nurse with like two years of experience and like maybe your experience is so-so or like, or maybe it was a really great ICU and like you interviewed at the 18 month mark or something. They know you only have one more year of experience before you start the program. And they really want that time to be used with you in that same ICU, getting nurtured and like taking devices and like, you know, it's almost like your remission is conditional upon you staying in that learning environment, right? So like, That might be the case if you're a nurse with very little experience. And like, especially if your program director
0: really wants to see that. And they might tell you like, don't leave or travel or go in that time. They'll tell you, or after you get admitted, you'll get a letter from them. You're not gonna have to wonder if it's okay if you travel or not. If it's not okay, you're gonna receive a letter for your offer of acceptance. And it'll say like, oh, conditional
1: upon XYZ typically. Or you can always ask the question. You can ask the question. Yeah, you can always ask the. So like the program directors at the program that I went to, they're pretty open about it. They're like, we understand that you have to save money and this is like a three-year sacrifice so like they're actually pretty open to people traveling usually they might give you personalized advice and say hey for you specifically we recommend you don't yeah but you know it's so again it just depends but you know generally if you really want that travel experience you want to see a few more things you want to make more money you know wait till you get in and i you set one to two even three years like some programs it are, literally uh, takes three <laughs> years before you start from the time you apply like that's the time to travel yeah and again make sure you're still taking high acuity assignments like
0: i know at that point it sounds so tempting to chill but you do want to keep your skills fresh for crna school so especially now that all of the programs are doctoral programs many programs now allow you to work for your first six months of crna school so the typical timeline for most schools there are different timelines for some different schools but a lot of schools you apply in like april and may and you interview between september and december and then you start school the following august right so it's a full like eight months after you get into school before you actually start. It's not like they'll a take a global travel, travel contract. contract. That's to have two travel contracts and then especially if they let you work for your first two semesters, that's a year and a half that you could travel nurse. Maybe.
1: If, yeah, for if it's like a, online courses or, yeah. you know, maybe you won't be able to travel nurse once you start but you could at least
0: do per DM and like you just yes. make money that way. You can also check out if you can't, pick up and you have family and travel nurse, you can check out this video about local travel nursing. That's a really great option for a lot of people, especially if you live in a big metro area. So if you live in a metro area, there's probably an option unless Texas. Texas is very anti-worker. That's why they... that's <laughs> the anti-Texas episode. Texas needs unions and the working conditions in Texas would be much better if the nurses had unions there. Anyway, read this book, A Collective Organ. It's a Very good book. But Local travel nursing is a great option for a lot of people because then you can work at the same hospitals like across the street and then usually make like double, which is awesome. Yeah. But then again, at that point, you still want to make sure that you're taking high-acuity assignments. You still want to keep on learning clinically. But then again, if you get in in like November and you don't start school until the following August and you get six months of online, there's plenty of room to live your travel nurse adventures at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of the day, should you travel nurse before you start CRNA school? The answer is maybe. Maybe. It depends. It's going to depend on you as an applicant. It's going to depend on your foundation as a staff nurse. It's going to depend on your timeline and whether you want to delay starting CRNA school to travel. And it's going to depend on what the CRNA school that you get into. Like, what they like to see. Yeah. From their applicants and people who are starting grad school. All of this doesn't really apply to you as much as you are a travel nurse during 2020. That's the very long-winded answer. And I'm sure a lot of you have thoughts and opinions about this episode. Sem- or- so man, <laughs> okay. Sorry. But please comment what you would like us to talk about next time. This is just a really nuanced topic and we are excited to dive into more nuanced topics here. Love you guys. Subscribe, like this video, comment below. It really helps
1: us and that way we could bring you guys more videos. Of awesome. see you see ya.